good, happy Sunday. Happy Social Worker Awareness Month. It's Jet. Welcome back and thank you for listening to another episode of Social Accountability with Jet. Reminder, this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and it is not a substitute for professional mental health care. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out to a qualified professional for diagnosis, treatment, and support. The hosts and guests of this podcast are not yet licensed mental health professionals. This podcast is meant to share experiences, provide insights, and offer general information about mental health. It is not intended to replace professional therapy or one-on-one advice. If you find yourself feeling overwhelmed or distressed, please stop listening and seek support from a mental health professional. Emotional avoidance. Very prevalent these days. It's being disguised, though, in quote-unquote cutting people off. Listen, emotional avoidance is emotional avoidance. And it's basically an individual's attempt to steer clear of anything uncomfortable, including emotions or thoughts. It's a way to protect ourselves from feeling overwhelmed or distressed. And here's a breakdown. So why do we do it? Emotional avoidance can stem from many, many reasons. You're likely to be avoidant if you have a fear of negative emotions. That can also include fear of conflict. So the anticipation of arguments, disagreements, or even anger can be a strong deterrent, leading people to avoid conversations that might create those tensions or conflicts. Sometimes people also just have a fear of being disliked. The worry of being judged or losing the other person's approval can be a powerful motivator to avoid difficult conversations, especially in personal or professional relationships. And then, of course, there's just general anxiety and discomfort. Those may rise, like the strong emotions such as sadness or frustration, and it can be overwhelming, prompting individuals to just avoid situations that might trigger them. So apart from fear leading to avoidance. One might also just possess a lack of confidence, specifically in communication skills. So feeling unprepared, unprepared, and uncertainty about how to approach the conversation, what to say, or how to navigate the situation can lead to feelings of inadequacy and to avoid the interaction altogether. Some individuals struggle to articulate their thoughts and feelings effectively, making it challenging to navigate complex or emotionally charged conversations. One of the main things that we need to recognize is that it lacks assertiveness. So when you have difficulty setting boundaries or expressing needs assertively, it can make addressing sensitive topics feel especially daunting, leading to avoidance. And then a lot of these are fears. The, they typically result of negative past experiences. So if past difficult conversations have resulted in negativity, conflict, or a lack of resolutions, individuals may be conditioned to avoid those similar situations in the future. And that may even include with completely different people. This is because of unhealed emotional wounds. Unresolved emotional baggage from past experiences can make individuals more vulnerable to negative emotions during difficult conversations, even in new conversations, which is just leading to avoidance as a coping mechanism. Avoidance can be normalized at times. Certain cultures or familial structures may place a higher value on social harmony and avoiding confrontation. 
influencing individuals to stay away from difficult conversations. Example of this definitely is found in modern churches. It steers individuals from empowerment and advocacy or even just challenging the way things naturally are, right? That natural order. It's important to remember that while avoiding difficult conversations can seem like a quick solution in the short run, it often will have negative consequences in the long run. Communication is key to building healthy relationships, resolving conflicts effectively, and achieving personal growth, as well as promoting growth among others in society. Developing strategies for navigating difficult conversations can be a very valuable skill for navigating life's challenges. You can't avoid everything forever. So, now that now that we know why people avoid, let's talk about how these tricky behavior traits might be displayed. Avoidance can manifest in several ways, potentially even hurting the individual who sought out the conversation initially. This is because a common avoidant tactic is that people deflect to avoid the uncomfortable situations or feelings, often subconsciously. Shifting the focus is a classic tactic, an example where someone abruptly introduces a new topic to divert attention from the original issue. It immediately invalidates the conversation in general. One might even use humor to lighten the mood and avoid taking responsibility for their actions or addressing serious concerns. They may say things like, you read way too much into that, or it was just a joke. To deflect, they might even point out the mistakes or problems of others to downplay their own shift the blame altogether. They may say something like, your desire to be right and in control of everything puts you in these situations you find yourself often which is a lead way into invalidation by minimizing or denying. So downplaying the issue to invalidate the significance of the problem or the impact, make it seem less important than it actually is, is avoidance. And then, of course, there's just straight denial, which is simply denying any wrongdoing or involvement, even if evidence points to the contrary. This is common in narcissism. Um... Another way people might avoid is just by creating excuses. So by fabricating reasons or justifications for their actions to avoid culpability and present themselves in a more favorable light. Basically, they're just bullshitting themselves and they're using external factors to do so. They might even use other people or circumstances for their mistakes or shortcomings. And low-key, this is probably what your ex did to ensure their support system see you as always as the bad guy. Emotional deflection exists. They play the victim. They might try to gain sympathy by portraying themselves as a victim in the situation, manipulating the conversation and situation to deflect any responsibility. And then, of course, there's lastly, there's guilt tripping, right? They might try to make the other person feel guilty or responsible, diverting attention from the initial issue and potentially gaining leverage in the situation famous lines ever heard this is all your fault i'm gonna tell you guys right now folks it was not all your fault it was not all your fault so why then if we know it's actually not healthy why is it so prevalent and even growing in popularity Avoidance. That's what we're, of course, talking about here. Well, there's a short term benefit, right? In the short term, emotional avoidance can be a helpful coping mechanism. It can provide 
temporary relief from uncomfortable emotions. The problem is, is that emotional avoidance is not a long-term solution. Unless the other person dies, you're kind of, you know, I'm just kidding here. Emotions don't disappear. There is a complete lie of fabrication that has wrecked havoc on our relationships. And it's this myth that time heals all. It's not it's not true, okay? Those feelings that you're trying to avoid, they don't just vanish. They actually tend to linger and they can come back even stronger. By avoiding our emotions, we miss out on learning how to deal with them in a healthy way. This can lead to problems in our relationships, work, and overall well-being. If you avoid long enough, sometimes people turn to unhealthy behaviors to numb their emotions, like substance abuse or self-harm. If you think you might be struggling with emotional avoidance, there are healthy ways to cope with difficult emotions. You can learn more about emotional regulation techniques or consider talking to a therapist. When someone avoids you or continues to avoid you, it's natural to feel hurt, confused, or even frustrated. However, reacting impulsively can sometimes worsen the situation. Here are some steps you can take to respond effectively. 1. Consider the context. Observe the situation objectively. Before jumping to conclusions, try to gather information. Is this a one-time occurrence, or has there been a pattern of avoidance? Are there any external factors that might be influencing their behavior, like stress or personal issues? Do you have the insight to know if they're struggling interpersonally? 2. Choose your timing and place wisely. Don't chase them down. Avoid pursuing them relentless as this can make them feel pressured and even more inclined to avoid you. Unfortunately, this is one of my natural instincts and why people are so quick to change the blame and make me feel like the problem. It easily allows them to feel like the power they need to convince themselves that their response is justified. So instead, three, initiate a gentle conversation. Express your observation. Instead of accusing them of avoidance, calmly express that you've noticed a change in their behavior and that it concerns you. Use I statements to avoid blame, like, I've noticed we haven't been talking much lately and I miss our conversations. Encourage them to open up by asking open-ended questions like, is something bothering you or is there anything I can do to help? Listen actively to their response without interrupting. Four, be prepared for various possibilities. If they're going through a difficult time, they might need some space to process their emotions, respect their boundaries, and offer support when they're ready to talk. They might have a specific concern or issue with you that they're hesitant to address. Give them the opportunity to express their feelings and be willing to have an open and honest conversation. Five, prioritize your well-being. Set boundaries. If their behavior is disrespectful or negatively impacting your well-being, it's important to set healthy boundaries. This might involve limiting contact or removing yourself from toxic situations. Seek the support you need by talking to a trusted friend, family member, or therapist if you're struggling to cope with the situation. They can offer emotional support and help you navigate your options. Remember, there's no one-size-fits-all solution to dealing with someone who avoids you. The most important thing is to be patient, understanding, and prioritize healthy communication while also taking care of your own emotional well-being. I do want to also talk, though, lastly on estrangement. Because when is it okay and not considered avoidance? 
And determining when estrangement is appropriate is a complex and a nuanced issue without a universal answer. However, we're going to try to outline it as best as possible. Estrangement depends on various individual circumstances and should not be taken lightly. However, some situations might warrant considering estrangement as a last resort. Number one, reason to experience ongoing abuse. This includes physical, emotional, or sexual abuse. Estrangement can be a necessary step to prioritize personal safety and well-being in such situations. Number two, facing manipulative or controlling behavior. If a parent partner exhibits manipulative or controlling tendencies that significantly interfere with your life choices, autonomy, or mental health, estrangement might be a way to establish healthy boundaries and protect yourself. Number three, dealing with toxic communication patterns. If attempts at healthy communication repeatedly fail and interactions are consistently harmful or disrespectful, estrangement could be a way to protect yourself from further emotional distress. Number four, Repeated disregard for your boundaries. If your partner or parents consistently disregards your boundaries, values, or personal identity, estrangement might be a way to enforce those boundaries and prioritize self-respect. Number five, no prospect of positive change. If there's no reasonable hope for positive change or reconciliation after sincere attempts at communication and seeking professional help, estrangement could be a last resort. It's crucial to remember, estrangement should not be taken lightly. It's a complex and painful decision with potentially long-lasting consequences. Seek professional guidance before making such a difficult choice. Consulting with a therapist or counselor can be incredibly helpful. They can provide support, guidance, and alternative approaches to consider before resorting to estrangement. Prioritize self-care. Regardless of the decision you make, prioritizing your well-being through self-care and surrounding yourself with supported individuals is mostly crucial. Ultimately, the decision of whether or not to estrange oneself from an individual is a highly personal one that should be made with more careful consideration, self-awareness, and ideally with the support of a qualified professional. I think it's beautiful as a society we're steering towards better mental health. I just wish we held more kindness and compassion for those who came before us and those who will become after us. We need more grace that signify kindness, courtesy, and forgiveness shown towards others, emphasizing understanding, generosity, and a willingness to show mercy. Reminder, this is everyone's first walk at life, and the rule books have been forged with hatred along the way. You shouldn't accept abuse, and neither should those before us or after us. I don't get to decide if I'm a safe place for others, but I surely do try every day, and I hope that you do too. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Season 4 in 2024 of Social Accountability with Jet, sponsored by Jets Inc. LLC. Always know you can find body-positive products for you and all your loved ones' body needs at JetsInc.com. That's J-E-T-T-S-I-N-C.com. The hosts and guests of this podcast are not yet licensed mental health professionals. This podcast is meant to share experiences, provide insights, and offer general information about mental health. It is not intended to replace one-on-one therapy or professional advice. Come back in two weeks and right below. 
I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Social Accountability with Jet. And with that, I hope you have a good night.